Welcome back to another edition of the Educational AD Podcast. We couldn't do these without the incredible support of our sponsors, and we want to take a moment to say thank you to all of them. First, thanks to our diamond sponsor, Varsity Brands, including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Hearth Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. We also want to say thank you to our platinum sponsors, Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. And Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD. Today, we head out to the West Coast and the great state of California. We're visiting with Michelle Noeth. Michelle is a certified athletic administrator, and she's the director of athletics at Los Altos High School in Los Altos, California. Michelle, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, we're very excited to hear what's going on at your school and, uh, and in California, but uh, we always like to start off by giving our listeners a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, where you grew up, where you went to school and college, and maybe how a love of sports led to a career in athletic administration. Sure. Um, so I went to a Royal High School, which is in San Lorenzo. So if you're not familiar with the Bay Area, it's near Hayward, San Francisco. Um, graduated in 2000. From there, I went to the community college. <clears throat> so I went to Chabot and got my AA and I competed in cross country and track there. And then I transferred to Cal State Hayward, which is now known as Cal State East Bay. Um, my first job was helping my cross country slash track coach at Chabot with his adult adaptive PE program. And so he was teaching elderly who were recovering from strokes or had other um, ailments in the water. And so it was really, really neat to just experience something like that. And so when I ended up transferring to Cal State Hayward, I ended up um, not only competing, but also working as a building manager. So getting to know how the operations of making sure you have inventory, opening and closing, you know, watching all the patrons, giving your, um, like the copy room a break, uh, I was also a ticket taker for our home basketball games. And then I also helped with writing articles for about sports. Um, so it was really nice to just see different aspects of the school and really getting involved. Well, I can imagine that those experiences have really paid off uh, now that you're building athletic director. Yeah. We'll talk a little bit about that journey from those first jobs into your present position. You know, how did that all take place? So, um, as I mentioned, when I was competing, so my dad was in the military. So when I was about seven, um, we used to live in Alameda. We transferred to San Lorenzo. My mom quickly got me involved in soccer and softball, which was a different experience because they were club teams. And then when I was in high school, um, eight, it was an eight through 12 at the time, my PE teacher, Ms. Ganae, encouraged me to go out for the cross country team and then the track team. And it was pretty good. I was running with the seniors. So I ended up dropping club soccer and ended up 
doing cross country, basketball, track, which then led me on my journey to start competing at the collegiate level, which I never even imagined. I just enjoyed sports. I enjoyed running. I enjoyed, you know, going out there and being competitive. I never thought about running in college. And uh, Coach Grace from Chabot, he was the one that came to one of our track meets and talked me into going out for the track and cross country team at the community college. And so not only did I go to Chabot, but then again, I worked with him and he helped guide me to make sure I got my AA and made sure that I was on track to transfer to the four-year. And when I transferred to the four-year, Coach Gray, who was the current coach at the time and was building the program, encouraged me to come and run for Cal State Hayward. Well, at the time, he also encouraged me to get involved with the school. So being a part of the student athlete advisory committee, um, I was taking these odd end jobs and he encouraged me, you know, look, you know, you got to think about what you're going to do after college. So not only did I enjoy competing, but then it was like, okay, after college, what are you going to do? Well, I had wanted to be a PE teacher and then he encouraged me to also be a coach. And so once I graduated from Cal State Hayward, I immediately got a PE job and I just immediately jumped into coaching. Um, when I was in the credential program, I coached the sixth grade girls basketball program at Harvest Park. Um, so while I was a student teacher, I kind of took on that role. And it was so rewarding to just watch all these little girls, like learn the different positions of basketball. And you can see like when they're running down the court and they had those aha moments of where to stand on the court and making those cute shots. And it, it was so rewarding. And I just love that part of coaching is watching the athletes have that aha moment of learning that they could do something that they never thought they can do. And so just the interactions that I had with my coaches led me to be the, a similar coach. I took some of the stuff that they did and tried to implement that into what I did as a coach, um, really trying to share my experiences with the athletes and make it a personal experience. Like, hey, you could do this no matter what your background is. No, you're, just, you're taking me back to my uh, early days 100 years ago and, and those same experiences, you know, as that young teacher coach, you know, uh, I don't think there's any other profession uh, besides ours where you have those types of, uh, and so many uh, of those types of interactions during the day over the course of the year. Well, um, you've mentioned some of your coaches uh, and you mentioned your parents. Um, we're always curious about uh, mentors uh, in our business and our profession, mentoring and leadership is such an important component of what we do. So uh, who are some of your other mentors, uh, people that uh, got you to where you are now? Uh, the expression I like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head uh, when I'm talking to a, a kid or a coach. Uh, so whose voice do you still hear? Yeah, so um, I never thought I'd ever become an athletic director. So I'll be straightforward. It was never in my mind. I never pictured myself as an athletic director. I didn't even know what an athletic director did. Um, I, I just knew that I wanted to coach. And so what ended up happening was I started, I started coaching at different schools. So I went to Pittsburgh High School and um, Coach Webb, he's one of the track coaches. Uh, he told me before I left that I was like a chameleon, like you kind of fit in wherever you go. And I always remember that because 
there's always a different room that you're going to be in, whether it's full of athletic directors, full of parents, uh, just different, different environments and just fitting into that environment. And that kind of gave me the confidence that no matter what school I went to, what team I was coaching, that you just evolve, you adapt to the environment that you're in. And so he would be somebody that I could say, that's one of the voices in my head that I'll hear is, you know, no matter where you go, you'll be just fine. And sometimes I use that mantra, especially in difficult situations. Um, so I would say Coach Webb was an inspiration. Um, Ms. Ganay, my high school coach, I mean, she gave me that confidence to start running, which led me down the path of the career that I become of going out there and coaching and running and going to college and doing that. Um, I would say Coach Gray, he was the coach at Terranova High School. And when he retired, um, because of his retirement, that opened up the door for me to go into the athletic director position. Him and I having a conversation about, hey, I'm retiring, is this something you might be interested in? And again, at that point, I was just a coach that loved cross country and track and you know, wanted things to be equal for my teams and really have strong competitive teams. So um, I would say for him to open up that door for me to everything that I've been able to do now has been huge. And I still call him and say, hey, uh, what do you think about this? Or this happened, how do you handle this situation? Um, and I would say over time, like Gene Ashen has become a mentor. Um, when I went to my first athletic directors conference, uh, Neve Ward introduced me to her and it was really amazing because they took me in and said, hey, this is what, this is what you need to do. Introduced me to vendors, introduced me to other athletic directors and just opened up the world of an athletic director to me that I didn't know that we're not in this small bubble. Um, so just those few people encouraging me to do what I'm doing. Uh, I always love to hear those stories. And you're right. It's all about encouraging and creating that network. Uh, you talked about the conference. And uh, we have, uh, I think we have a lot of younger athletic directors, you know, listening, first-time ADs. And I don't think they always understand the process of getting involved at the state level you know, going to the conferences and even going to the national conference. I know you're starting to get involved uh, at the national level. Talk about that uh, part of your journey. Uh, you know, you mentioned Gene Ashen, you know, who I've worked with on committees before, but, you know, talk about that process of that first conference, getting your CAA and continuing to get involved nationally. Yeah, so um, for us, we have our CCS ADA, so Central Coast Section Athletic Directors Association. And uh, Jeff Lamb at the time was the president, and he really encouraged our the athletic directors to go to the conferences. Um, so what I did prior to being officially the athletic director was I had attended the conference, and that's where I met a bunch of people, went to different classes, and it it was one of those things where as a new athletic director, it you you kind of become hesitant to get involved because you think you're taking on more than what you can handle by attending more things. But I would say it's one of the best things that a new athletic director can do is getting involved in the association, going to the state conferences, because you meet so many different 
people and you branch out that you have you you become that you have that network of people that hey when something happens you can reach out to that person or if you're not sure how to do something you can reach out to another person um i i could tell you you know they say you can count your friends on one hand um i can count about five athletic directors that to this day i could send them a quick text message and they'll respond or i'm writing an article hey can you read this article for me and instantaneously they're there to assist. And I think sometimes branching out of just your high school and meeting other athletic directors is huge. And just also for your mental um, state of mind of realizing that it's not just you that might run into an issue. But then again, you also get to see some of the different tips that other ADs are doing that will make your job easier. And so um, attending those conferences, getting those quick little nuggets that helps make your job easier is, is crucial, I feel. What, uh, uh, as a longtime member of the certification committee, I got to ask, you know, uh, what's your plan regarding uh, your CMAA? Do you have a project topic picked out yet? I do not have a project picked out. I was actually going to talk to one of uh, Paul Snow, who's an athletic director at Menlo Atherton, to get some suggestions and ideas from him. Um, going through the process of getting my CAA, um, again, branching out to other athletic directors who had done it before and getting their tips of, hey, this is what you need to pass the, the course, and then studying with other athletic directors saying, okay, we're in this together, we're going to do this. Um, so as far as the CMAA, it is on my list of things that I would like to accomplish. Um, I did take some uh, LTI classes during the national conference. So that way I can get the requirements that I need. So it is on my project list of items that I would like to accomplish. Uh, well, again, uh, the advice that we always try to give is you're probably already doing something at your school with your students, your coaches, your community uh, that would make a great project. You know, you don't feel like you have to go out and invent some, you know, brand new special thing. Uh, you know, do what you're already doing or talk about what you're doing and just share that story. That's what the CMA is all about. Uh, let's go and shift gears and talk about, you know, your program a little bit. Uh, you know, you've been an AD now for a while. You've got a wide background of experiences. One of the things that we like to do with our show is share what we call best practices. So I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Uh, you know, what's uh, a program that uh, you're doing right now at your school. Maybe it's with student athletes. Maybe it's with coaches. Uh, maybe it's an initiative that you started. But what's something that you're particularly proud of that you can say, you know, uh, humbly, but also with great pride that, boy, we do this better than anybody else? Uh, let me think about this. Um, I would say that since I started working at Los Altos, I wanted to create something that is a quick resource for our coaches, um, but then also for our parents and athletes. So I would say a, a few things that I've really stri strive to create at, that, at our school is a student parent handbook, so guidelines, so they have a reference to look at how things are done. Um, I've started getting very familiarized with Google, uh, Google Docs and folders and 
what I did was I created a coaches resource folder and in there it has a bunch of different files of, you know, here's the coaches handbook, here's the transportation template, here's a schedule template, here's our emergency action plan templates. So hoping that even our new coaches, here's the hiring process. If you want to be a volunteer coach, here's the process. So trying to create a space where coaches can quickly access documents. Um, I feel like one that'll help them with their jobs, making it easier for them, um, sharing some of the best practices that other coaches have done. So emails that our field hockey coach has given that is really detailed. I've put into that folder as an example for our newer coaches of, hey, here's how you send an email to your parents after a student athlete makes the team. So I feel like one of the things that I'm really proud of is creating that resource for our coaches. Cause I feel like if our coaches have the resources that'll make their jobs easier, which will in turn make it easier for them to coach our student athletes and give more time to our student athletes than trying to figure out the ins and outs of how to be a coach at our high school. Um, I started an Instagram and Twitter account for our high school. So that's something new. And um, I will say that my goal was very zealous at the very beginning because we have two th over 2000 students. So my big idea was, oh, I'm gonna have a thousand followers my first year. That was not the case. <laughs> I'm still working on getting to that goal, but, uh, but, I, but now I'm starting to bring in more of the student athletes to help me with the Twitter and the Instagram to making it more um, vibrant within our student community. So that's another project that I've done. And I feel like that's been a good practice for other ADs because it's another way of communicating with students in their social media world. And so I'll say, okay, we have um, soccer signups and those that are following on Instagram, they'll see that and then it becomes a word of mouth and trying to get it so they don't miss opportunities to participate in sports. Um, so I'd say those are a couple of things that I'm pretty proud of that I've been working on. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, anything to um, help the coaches education, professional development and, and getting the students involved, particularly with the social media. Um, I mean, even before uh, COVID hit and everybody was on Zoom and doing things virtually, uh, that's where the kids are. And so you need to engage them where they're at. So uh, uh, it's forced me as, as an old athletic director to uh, uh, create that uh, presence, that social media presence. Okay. Uh, let's go and talk about COVID. Um, you know, we're coming up uh, on, I guess we're in 10 months now into, uh, you know, the COVID impacting our schools and our programs. And we've seen a variety of responses. Uh, you know, many states, you know, including my state of Florida, you know, been playing uh, to some degree, you know, we're, we're pretty much, I, I think, at a uh, regular schedule, but other states, such as California, you know, have been shut down uh, back since March 12. So uh, to our listeners, we're recording this in January. Uh, so as of right now, uh, what's happening uh, at Los Gatos, what's happening in California regarding, you know, not just return to play, but also return to school, um, what's going on academically? So for us at our school, um, we're doing, we, we do have some courts 
coming on campus for academics. Um, it's our struggling students, those that need a little more attention, we're allowed to bring them back on actually starting tomorrow, the 14th. So um, I'll be helping with one of those cohorts. Um, in regards to athletics, we are allowing what's considered season one at this time to come back on to campus for their athletic cohorts in a limited capacity, um, obviously six feet apart, all the guidelines that we're supposed to be following. Um, it, and it's very challenging at this time with what's happening with academics and athletics. Because again, you have the divide of people who feel comfortable coming back on campus, and then you have the group that does not feel comfortable coming back on campus. So I would leave, leave part of that to our superintendent who has to make those challenging and difficult decisions. Um, she's put together board presentations of what it would look like if we start going into different colored tiers and how the progression of bringing teachers and students back on campus. Um, for us, as mentioned earlier, we have over 2000 students at our high school, and that does not include your staff. So bringing that huge population back on campus is a very, um, very challenging way. <laughs> There's just so many students and not enough classroom and not enough spaces. Um, and so that's one of the hiccups that I know we're gonna have as we progress forward. But um, yeah, right now we're in this holding pattern. Uh, this week, we're supposed to hear something in regards to sports, whether it's changing the schedule so we can come back at different color tiers for different sports. And as I mentioned earlier, um, before we started, it, it becomes that frustration um, between athletic directors, coaches, students, parents, staff, just the not knowing of, of where we're at. And um, I know people are following the news very closely and that changes all the time. If you miss the news on Monday, you're two days behind and it's already changed before you got to Friday. So what happens today is gonna be different than the messaging that we get on Friday. And that's been, I'd say a, a big challenge for everybody. Yeah, I just, um, a couple of days ago, I spoke with an athletic director from another state who they are not participating, uh, like California. And uh, she said she was keeping track of it. You know, we're currently on plan number 723. Uh, so uh, again, my heart goes out to you guys. Uh, I, I hope, you know, the powers that be uh, decide that you're able to start up safely and, and you're able to get those kids back in action. Um, I mean, it's just, my, my take is this, I'm not gonna to try to take over the conversation, but uh, whether a state starts or doesn't start, both are frequently using their own sports medicine advisory committee uh, to justify the decision. Uh, and my take is that science should be a little more consistent, okay? <laughs> it's, yeah. And I know there's differences between states and population centers and all that, but, Oh my goodness. Um, best of luck to you guys. And uh, uh, I hope by the time people are listening to this, uh, there's been a, a very positive change for your state. Um, Michelle, another question we've been asking our athletic directors uh, since we started these uh, interviews uh, has to do with 
this idea of social awareness and, and social justice. And, and my question is this, what are some things that we can do as athletic administrators? What are some things that we can do better uh, with our kids, with our uh, communities uh, in this area of social awareness? Um, I would say providing a safe space where they feel comfortable coming and talking to us as athletic directors of what concerns students have. Um, I feel that sometimes students look at us more as administrators, like a principal, and so they have a little bit of that fear of coming to us and maybe expressing some of the concerns that they have. Um, I feel we could do a better job of outreaching to the students, um, whether it be anonymous surveys to really get a sense of where students are at in the programs, if they're feeling that it's equitable. Um, on Friday, I'm actually doing a talk with one of our clubs, it's called Girl Up, and they're, they asked me to come and talk about gender equality. And um, so that'll be something that I feel is an issue that our students have identified. And so I feel that giving them a platform to having these conversations open and honestly, I, I think is huge. Um, bringing in our coaches and having our coaches be a part of the conversation. Um, I know it's hard because a lot of them are off campus coaches, but when they get a sense of something's wrong that they feel comfortable coming to us as athletic directors and saying, hey, here are some issues that have come up on our team or in our program um, regarding what's happening. And together, let's figure out a way to have these conversations. Um, our district has come out with different um, resources of how to bring up conversations. So looking into that, we have different athletic directors associations that have um, put out different resources as well. So looking at, taking a look at those things, uh, maybe bringing in guest speakers that can help open up those conversations that I mean, they do it on a regular basis and so they're more comfortable having those conversations. So I think that would be something that we as athletic directors can do is more of an outreach. Yeah, it's always a, a, a challenge to find something that's gonna work uh, best you know, with your kids and your coaches, but uh, I appreciate you sharing that. Let's go and line things up just a little bit. Um, uh, I, I've always asked our guests, you know, what's your favorite part of the job? And after about 60 or so uh, interviews, they all answered the same thing. Oh, it's the kids. And of course, it, it should be the kids. Why else would you be an AD if you didn't enjoy uh, uh, working with kids? But acknowledging that uh, you love your student athletes, okay, uh, what are some other things that uh, get you excited about coming to Los Altos every day? I would say watching the students play. So watching them compete and watching them develop over their course of the years that they're participating in sports. So seeing somebody who may have been um, an athlete on the bench become your starter by their senior year. So watching the development of students. And when I took the role at Los Altos, it, it was a very tricky role because <clears throat> one, I'm, I'm not from that community. I, I did not grow up there. I didn't coach there. So I came in purely as a PE teacher and 
the athletic director. And so it, it's a much different um, feel. And so students ha have a different way of seeing me in, in my role as compared to when I was at Terranova where I knew 99% of the students. Here I came in brand new by myself. The only person that I knew retired and went to Las Vegas. Uh, and so for me, it's really seeing the development of students who feel more and more comfortable talking to me and knowing that I'm there to support them. And that was something that I really had to try to show like, look, I, I come to your games because I want to be there, not because I have to be there. Um, and seeing some of the development of my coaches, my especially my brand new coaches, seeing them from that they're not sure of themselves to being confident in themselves and helping them become confident coaches by giving them resources to, again, make their jobs easier. So not only seeing the student athletes compete, but also see the development of my coaches. It's are things that I really enjoy about my job. Oh, absolutely. You know, those relationships that you build, you know, with kids and with coaches and seeing the growth and, uh, you know, you get a share in their success. Uh, and I, I love the comment you make about, you know, you want to be there, you don't have to be there. I'll, I'll use that with parents sometimes. They'll say, oh, gosh, you know, I wouldn't want your job. You have to be at all these games. And I say, no, you got it all wrong. You have to come because you have to come and watch your kid. You know, I get paid to come. You know, I, I, I've got the best job in the world. Okay. Well, Michelle, this has been uh, very cool catching up. You know, we connected uh, this year during the national uh, virtual conference, and uh, you know, it's been fun to uh, to get to know a little bit about your program. But we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Um, I'm challenging you right now to send out a brand new AD on their very first job, but I'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox. What three items are gonna go in Michelle Noeth's athletic director toolbox? I would say one item would be a list of phone numbers and emails of other athletic directors that you can reach out to along with different associations to be a part of. Um, I feel like that would be number one, a networking resource. Uh, number two, I would say a copy of the athletic director job responsibilities. So they have a sense of tasks that they might be asked throughout their first year as an athletic director. So they have some ideas of how they're going to manage things. Um, and the third thing I'd put in their toolbox is realize maybe some motivational sayings of, you know, realize that you're going to make mistakes, but you'll overcome them. Um, life, is, life has speed bumps and you're going to have some of those speed bumps and you just keep going until you hit the next one and you'll overcome and you'll be just fine. The biggest thing is you'll be just fine. Take one day at a time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Experience is a great teacher, but you know, you will, uh, you will survive. Great stuff. Michelle Noah, thank you so much for being on the program. And as I said, you know, continued uh, success and best of luck with uh, your reopening. Yeah, thank you. Uh, again, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And hopefully uh, those who are listening out there got something out of this. 
hopefully a little nugget, a little takeaway, and realize that we're all in this together. And the more we could do for each other, our student athletes, our coaches, parents, our communities, uh, the better. And this has been awesome. So thank you so much for having me. Well, uh, I'm sure they did get something. And um, if one of them wanted to reach out and get in touch with you and uh, maybe follow up, what's the best way for them to uh, get a hold of you? Right now, definitely email. Uh, since we're off campus right now, uh, they can email me at Michelle, M I C H E L L E dot Noeth, N O E T H, at MVLA.net. Okay. Michelle, thanks again. And uh, to our listeners, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational Athletic Director YouTube channel. Um, thanks again for listening. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.